Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and I'm the creator of the show Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake because none of us have time to exercise and work out. And me, I'm probably shaking a little bit more than I wish I were. This is going to be a community-hosted podcast, not by me, but by a collection of women all over the country who are going to share their stories, struggles, and solutions, some with their own guests on their episodes, some without. Each one will be a wonderful sampler of a story that you can relate to or that might help you. And I hope that you all enjoy it. Moms don't have time to move and shake. Get moving. Hi, welcome to the Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake podcast. I'm your host for this episode, Nikki Racklin. I'm a mom to two teenagers, a writer, and a lifelong dieter. Over the years, I've done tons of reading about food and what to put in my body, and that information's been confusing and contradictory, to say the least. It's not only dieting advice that's confusing, but all the information around nutrition and what we should eat to be healthy. When I started experiencing symptoms like acid reflux and hair loss, I went on the hunt to find reliable information about how we can use food to heal our bodies and prevent disease. I sought out experts in the field of nutrition to help bring some clarity to the situation. Today, I'm happy to welcome my guest, Meryl Brandwine, registered dietitian and functional nutritionist, who's been studying food and healing for over 20 years and is a leader in the area of functional and integrative nutrition. Her tenacity and determination to get to the root cause of a client's chronic illness has earned her the nickname, the Rebel Dietitian. Merrill received her degree from the University of Delaware and holds advanced certifications from the Institute of Functional Medicine, Oncology Integrative Certifications, and Food as Medicine for Women. As a cancer survivor herself, Merrill knows what it's like to be on the other side of a complicated and life-threatening disease. While conventional medical treatments, including chemotherapy and radiation, helped rid Merrill of her cancer, they left her physically weak and tired. Merrill was able to apply her deep knowledge and understanding of food and nutrition to combine mainstream medical treatment along with complementary and alternative methods to restore her health. This firsthand experience has helped her to become an expert in her field. Merrill's private nutrition practice serves individuals, groups, and corporations, and her philosophy is based on the principle that food is our best medicine. Hi, Meryl. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Nikki. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. So you've been studying this topic for quite a long time. How mm -hmm. much does what you eat impact your overall health? Oh, I mean, it's the primary driver of what impacts our health, right? If you think about it, what is the only information that fuels our body? It's food. That's how we survive. I mean, we've forgotten that you know, the input, the only input that talks to our cells is real food. And so it's 100% involved with, with how healthy we are and how we function and our well-being and our longevity. Why do you think there's so much confusion out there and people don't know what to eat? You know, there's so many reasons. I think the the confusion started way back when, when food first started becoming processed and there was the eagerness for convenience, 
there was sort of the novelty of processed food. It was not, it was a new thing. It was like, ooh, I have this ready-made, you know, those were those were the days when like things like hamburger helper, which people don't probably even remember, or, you know, minute rice, like they were novelties for women and at home who were like, okay, I need a better or more convenient way to 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 make to make food for my family. You know, fast forward, that industry has become so pervasive and it's just depleted the nutritional content of the food we eat. So yeah, it started there and it's morphed and morphed and morphed. And now we're just a society who wants it fast and we don't really, we've become so far removed from the fact of what is food supposed to do? It's supposed to nourish our bodies, yet we use it for everything else. So then comes diet culture, the, oh, okay, well, you know, eat low fat, eat this, eat that. And this one comes out with that book and that one comes out, right? And now there's all these so-called experts in the industry. And now who do you listen to? Because one contradicts another and nobody's really going off of really good science. Industry, diet culture realized very early that humans are suckers for a good emotional trigger, right? So you say what people want to hear and people are going to do it. <laughs> so so I say the diet mentality is a quick fix to a long-term problem because it really just treats a symptom. It doesn't treat the underlying cause. And then fast forward to the age of the internet and social media and whatever. And now we've got all these people who claim to be experts. So there's a lot of noise in the space. And no wonder people are confused, right? Because you're hearing things, you hear it from different so-called experts, and, and everybody's walking around confused. And so you know, we have one operating system and that operating system works in a way, I mean, it works the same from person to person. The nuances of how that works and the genetics, and this is an area that I am so passionate about because it's so life-changing for so many people, is the little nuances of how our DNA makes our bodies different and has those processes in the body how they're different from person to person. But overall, we have the same, you know, you got to take care of your liver, you got to take care of your gut, you got to, all those things are the same from person to person, yet everybody is so confused. So I know that's a long-winded answer, but it really, there's no quick answer to that question. <laughs> right. Well, and it seems like a lot of people are eating for, you know, for weight control versus right. eating for optimal health. What do you see when you when you meet with people in your practice? I mean, wow, it is it's it's scary because right, people are eating exactly like you said for weight control rather than understanding if you actually ate the foods that spoke to your body, that talked to your body, that actually nourished your body, you would have a much easier time controlling your weight. There's a reason we have weight loss resistance, right? Could be emotional. There's a lot of emotions. I always say what goes on up in your head, in your brain, that conversation and what drives your food choices is much more important than, than even physically what's going on because that's, you know, we're emotional eaters, most people. Oftentimes, right? You find yourself eating. So I always say, are you eating because you're actually really hungry? Or are you eating? We still got mouth mouth hunger. Are you eating just because num 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 that looks good, that smells good, right? Or bored. Right. You're bored. Other people, you're stressed, right? So so if we take a step back and say, well, why am I really eating? <laughs> but that requires people to be mindful. And people are not always mindful. So People come in with the idea that I need to change 
my diet, and I do that in air quotes, because it's not about finding the next diet. It is about finding what nourishes your body and what balances your biochemistry so that your body can function the way it was meant to function. So again, trying to shift people out of that diet mentality, you know, you have to be ready for it. You just have to be ready and open and willing. If I have someone who comes in and says, well, I just want to be on this diet. And really, it's just about just give me a meal plan. That's what I hear all the time. Just give me a meal plan that I can follow and I'll be fine. And I say, well, that's great. I can give you a meal plan that you can follow. But do you understand what you're doing, why you're doing it? And the context of how this is going to help you move forward. It's that expression of if you give a person a fish, they eat for a day. If you teach them how to fish, they eat for a lifetime. We are teaching you how to fish. And that, so that's the idea of functional nutrition? So functional nutrition is really, and functional medicine is really out of root cause. It's root getting to the root cause of what someone's imbalance is. So for example, people come in and look, it could be a weight loss issue, right? Someone comes in and they're like, well, I can't really lose weight. I'm having a hard time. I think I'm eating the way I'm supposed to. I'm busting my ass. Oops, sorry, I hope I can say that in the gym. <laughs> and I don't see anything. And if anything, I'm gaining weight. And, you know, look, there's a lot that goes into that. Food is a piece of that. If you are not sleeping well, if you if your hormones are off, whether you're perimenopausal or menopausal, if your thyroid is a little imbalanced, if your blood sugar, and we're talking about insulin, right? And, and, and people come to me and say, well, my doctor tested all of that and it's normal. And I'm looking at them going and looking at their labs. I'm going, sweetie, this is not normal, right? Because we're told we're in the normal range yet. Normal is so vast. If you go look at the ranges for, you know, even a thyroid, it's like 0.4 to 5. Well, optimal functional range for thyroid is 1.0 to 2.5. If you are out of that range, you are not normal. And so the medical community oftentimes is very dismissive. And I will say, especially of women, mm -hmm. because they think we're hysterical and we're, you know, and, it, and it's all in our head. And okay, maybe it, a little bit of it is, but I can tell you most women that come in here, we find stuff, not that we are looking to find stuff, but there's stuff that's going on, but you have to dig deeper. So that's what functional medicine and functional nutrition is, is getting to the root. Same thing, people come in, gut issues, right? Or, or, I don't know, reflux, IBS, colitis, you name it, any kind of inflammatory gut issue. And they're given a medication and they're like, I still don't feel well. I'm like, well, we didn't get to the root cause of where is the gut imbalance coming from? Could be an autoimmune disease. All roads come back to where is the imbalance? And that's what we do in functional medicine and functional nutrition is really understand what's causing these symptoms because they don't just appear out of nowhere and they don't come out in, in, in a day, right? These things take years and years and years to happen. And yet again, our emotional sense is like, and, and there's, there's indications early on. People always say, well, I had that symptom and they're dismissive of it. Cause they're like, well, it wasn't anything big. And my famous saying is your body whispers until it screams. And we don't in this culture, listen to the whisper. And that's the problem. That's great. I love that. Your body whispers until it screams. And I imagine by the time you see people, it's because their body is screaming at them and they realize that something's really wrong that they can't fix on their own. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 
And and the problem is, is you, know, you ask people, you ask friends, you, you know, I have people coming in and I'm like, well, why are you on this supplement? And they say, well, my friend's sister so-and-so <laughs> recommended it. And I say, well, maybe that's good for your friend's sisters, whatever, but it might not be good for you, right? Or it's the same thing. I mean, I think one of the fascinating things that we get to look at when we look at DNA, so when I talk about nutritional genomics or nutritional genetics, it's looking at your own unique DNA picture. And so when someone comes in and says, well, I've been doing keto or I've been doing this or I've been doing paleo or I've been doing that and I'm not getting the results I want. Well, genetically, there's probably a reason, right? So genetics give us a jumping off point. It's not the be all end all, but it certainly gives me a blueprint or a roadmap from where to start. And then we do subsequent testing to confirm or deny, are we actually seeing those genetics play out, right? So it's complicated and it's a complex process, but that's my job. I'm the one who says, all right, let's, I always say I run quarterback for people. I'm organizing your health so that we can really get a picture of of what the timeline is for all of this. And I think the difference between that and modern medicine is you go into a doctor and you're lucky if you get five minutes So how are they going to understand the context of anything that's going on? They're not looking for that. They're looking for the acute, you know, here's the, here's the bandaid that'll treat whatever. Right. And I'm not, I always say, you know, the caveat is I don't diss modern medicine. I, modern medicine saved my life. I had chemotherapy. Right. So it's not that, but, but I always say functional medicine picks up where traditional medicine has left off. You take a more holistic view. Well, that's what functional medicine is. It is looking at the whole person. It is looking at the nuances biochemically. So part of what I do is really, I mean, I've spent 25 years understanding nutritional biochemistry. We didn't learn it in school. And certainly medical students are not learning it in school. And this has taken years of extra work and study and dedication to really understanding the nuances of how our body works. And as modern medicine has evolved, we get to learn further and further, which is why genetics is just fascinating because we really get to take a deep dive. But anybody that is dismissive, including you know traditional doctors, I get this all day long. Oh, you know they're holistic, they're woo-woo, they're voodoo, they're this. And I look at them and I'm like, look, come collaborate with me. You know, come talk to me and let's work with this client together so that we can get to a solution. They're like, no, 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 no. You know, they're dismissive. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's your ego. Maybe it's your power. Maybe it's because you don't really want to recognize that you have no idea what's going on, (laughs) you know, and the really, really good doctors collaborate with me and they want to get to the the root of the patient's problem and, and help them. Right. But but the majority are just really dismissive. And I, I had this, I had two doctors yesterday say that, and that's probably why I'm on a rant today about. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, you're gonna sit there. So my client, who is a diabetic woman who had a heart attack, who by the way has been working with us for I don't know, maybe a month or a month and a half, has lost a tremendous amount of weight. And it's not She hasn't lost the weight because she's following our diet. She's lost the weight because we're balancing her blood sugar. She's lost the weight because we're looking at her lipids and we're actually helping her with her genetics and her body is starting to rebalance. And then she goes to the doctor and the doctor's like, oh no, well, you need a blood pressure medication and you need this and you need this and you need this and you need that. And then the poor woman's at odds with what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. 
And and the doctor was very dismissive of the work that we were doing. And I said to her, well, here's the proof. You've been on these medications for years and years and years. And have you gotten better? She's like, no. And I said, and you've been working with us for almost two months. And have you gotten better? And she says, yeah. So I said, there you go. There's your answer. You know? So you think with the new, with the proper nutrition, we can control some of the things that go wrong to the point where we might not even need the medication that, that the doctors are prescribing for those symptoms? I think we have to be very careful when we say nutrition. I think it's the whole lifestyle piece. Yeah. Because it's never just one thing. Nutrition is a part of the work that we do. Like I said, you have to look at sleep and you have to look at stress and you have to look at how do you move your body. And we have to look at the food part. And we have to look at the mental emotional component that drives all of this. Because if people have experienced trauma, and I'm not talking about physical abuse that is trauma, it could be some kind of trauma when they were young. If if they were experiencing bullying, if they were listening to their parents, you know, beat them up about their weight or beat them up about this. And I don't mean physically beat them up, emotionally beat them up, right? That's trauma. That stuff lives in your body. So if we don't address all of that, then, then we're missing a big piece of it because a lot of times trauma drives inflammation, which kicks up the immune system. And nobody's thinking about that. Oh, and the other thing we have to look at are environment and our to- and the toxins you know right. we poo poo our environment and and the toxic load that we are exposed to on a daily basis but that's tremendous because our body has to filter that and if our filter doesn't work right it's going to impact how our bodies function so nutrition is a huge component to the whole piece but we cannot leave out the whole piece so when people come in, I imagine when people come in to meet with you and you're and you're evaluating them, it's a combination of talking to them about their habits and what they're going through, as well as what they're eating, and then looking at some some blood tests. Yeah, yes, pretty much. So the way it works is we set aside an hour and a half. Yes, an hour and a half for every new client. Wow. Because it takes that long. And sometimes it takes longer. There have been clients in here where it's two hours that it takes that long to get the story. And then once I, and then my goal is as we are listening to this, I'm organizing it and saying, okay, what tests do we need to be doing? My coaches are all in with me on the first session because there's always, I do the medical nutrition piece and and create the personalized nutritional medical program. And then they're looking at the lifestyle piece. So again, there's intersections of all of this throughout our entire process. And that is pretty unique to our practice. There's a lot of people who are just coaches. There are a lot of functional medicine doctors. There's a very few who integrated in a practice, but I will tell you that has been the sweet spot for us. That has been where people see the best success because people need accountability. People need coaching. People need support. We already know that. We need to create community. And so, you know, and I think that was one of the reasons this podcast was started in the first place, right? Creating a community because humans need that. And so that's what creates success for people. So yeah, we look at all of that, decide what comes next. Do we need to do the testing? And yes, there's always testing because how else do you get a deep dive of what's under the hood? Mm -hmm. So but I believe in doing the right tests for the right reasons at the right times. And it's the same thing with the food piece. We meet you where you're at and find a plan that's realistic and sustainable for you. 
because that's, it has to be sustainable and it has to work in your reality. So we meet you where you're at and educate you and educate you and educate you, right? And then we tweak and move forward. And then, you know, supplements are, yes, involved. But I also always say you can't supplement away a poor diet. Mm -hmm. You can't supplement away a poor lifestyle. You can't supplement away bad sleep. I don't care how much melatonin you take. You still can't, you know, supplement it away. So there is a therapeutic value to supplementation, but it has to be the right supplementation. It is a, you know, multi-billion dollar industry. And everybody's walking around taking these things that are not even correct. I had a guy come in yesterday, gave me all of the bottles that he was taking. And I looked at his nutrient test and I said to him, look, you need 50 milligrams of riboflavin because that's how deficient you are. And go show me on the bottles that you have how many milligrams in total you get of riboflavin in, in these five bottles of supplements. You know what it added up to? Five, millig five milligrams in total. And the, and the man needs 50, and this is three different bottles, right? So we really don't understand how to supplement very well. And again, it's an industry that is driven by the dollars, and you know, it, we, we just are not that educated. So for people out there who are listening, who, who may or may not you know, take the time or make the investment... To go, to go and meet with a nutritionist, to go and have an evaluation, what kind of advice can you give them? What kind of takeaways can they, can they? And here's the thing. I always say, and, and, you know, this is not a new saying, people are out there saying it, but if your grandmother didn't eat it, <laughs> eat what your grandparents ate. They were not eating processed food. They were not eating food that, you know, was not grown out of the ground. And that's really been our demise. Processed food has really wreaked havoc on American culture because if if it the more processed it is, the further it gets away from the farm, the less nutritionally supportive it's going to be. And there aren't that many people eating real food. And so one of the programs we have, I mean, we have a really nice self-paced program. It's all about creating your food foundation. It's all about teaching you what is protein, what is fat, what is carbohydrate. I think we've got to get away from what diet should I be on and really take a step back and say, what is the real food that I'm eating? What is the, you know, stick to the perimeter of the grocery store. Are you eating, is, is half of your plate full of fresh, different colored vegetables? Is the other quarter of your plate full of good, healthy protein? Is the other quarter of your plate filled with, root vegetables and and vegetables even the you know people are afraid of like the starchy vegetables but those starchy vegetables happen to be really 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 healthy you're much better off eating a sweet potato than french fries right you're much better eating butternut squash than uh, you know some processed i don't know whatever you know is out there a, a chipotle bowl kind of thing and and chipotle is not terrible but right the rice is not as nutritious as a butternut squash or an acorn squash. And now we're in the wintertime and those root vegetables are abundant. Oh, and by the, you know, by the way, those root vegetables help produce serotonin in the brain. Those root vegetables help help populate the good bacteria in our gut. There's purpose to the food that we eat. We just don't pay enough attention. So I think we've got to go back to that. Avoid the processed oils. All of the oils that are in the processed foods that we eat, the salad dressing, the crackers, the 
whatever they are, those processed oils are, are horrible. You know, read your labels. If you're if you can't pronounce the ingredient, then your body doesn't know what to do with it. If the ingredient list is, you know, miles long, what is that doing inside your body? You got to eat real food. Eat the perimeter of the grocery store. What else? Given the fact that it's not all nutrition, what else should people be? I mean, we have to be looking at our sleep. I think sleep and stress, I mean, movement, you know, that's the thing I I would love to be able to say it's one thing. It's never one thing. And this is why I think it takes a village for people to be healthy, right? Because there's different practitioners that do different things. But sleep is tremendously important. Melatonin is produced between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. If you are not sleeping within that window, give or take, you know, a little bit, you're not getting restful sleep. And sleep is the only time our body recovers. It's how our immune system recovers. It is the best anti-aging medicine we have. It's important for brain health. It's important for heart health. I mean, it is important for every single, hormone health. It is important for every single function in the body. And I will tell you, most people are not sleeping very well. So sleep is huge. Stress, we give stress lip service. We don't pay attention to it. I will tell you, stress kills. I see it all day long. It is the root cause of inflammation and we need to do more self-care again, especially as women. We put everyone else first and we're not taking care of ourselves and self-care goes out the window and stress levels go sky high and and it and it impacts our quality of life. And and how we move. You know, movement is important. We are we are meant to move. And and since the pandemic, and we were just talking about this before you and I, Nikki, right? Since the pandemic, people are not moving like they need to be. No. We're all sitting on our tushes, doing Zoom calls, not moving. Our body metabolically does not work like that. We were not designed. We have not evolved from where we were as, you know, paleolithic people. Our bodies need to move if we want to be healthy. So, you know, I could go on and on, like I said, balancing hormones and understanding your environment, toxic environment. I mean, there was just a study released not too many days ago that linked the hair straightening, the keratin, right? Those hair straightening to uterine cancer. I mean, we've known about this stuff for a year. Why do we need to kind of have a study that says, oh yeah, all those chemicals are not good for you. So so we wonder why there's cancer that's rampant. It's our environment. It's our food supply. It's not that cancer just pops up out of the blue. And it's horrible. It's everywhere. I've seen so many younger people lately, the last few years with breast cancer yeah. and all, all kinds of things that never seemed to be so prevalent, you know, 30, 20, 30 years ago. Because it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean... Part of it is, is, you know, one of, again, one of the things that we get to look at with, uh, with DNA is how does your body detoxify, right? Your liver, your kidneys, your lungs, your skin, those are our detoxifying organs. If those organs are not healthy, if your liver is inundated with chemicals and it cannot detoxify those chemicals, guess what? They're going to run around our system and estrogen disruptors, everything, every fake product out there whether it's food, whether it's personal care products, all of the cosmetics and the lotions and the detergents that are made with these petroleum-based chemicals turn into these very potent fake estrogens in the body. And if our bodies cannot get rid of them because our our livers and our gut is not working well because we haven't nourished it, Mm -hmm. of course we're going to get sick. Yet 
again, we, you know, we don't live in a society that is proactive and that's preventative. And it's the, oh, it's not going to happen to me. And it's got, oh, it's not going to happen to me until it happens to me. And then you're like, oh boy, what do I do now? And I always say it's so much easier to prevent disease from happening than to treat it once it's happened. But we just, you know, we're, we're humans are creatures of habit. We don't want to change what we don't want to change. We have fear around it. We have confusion around it. We have overwhelm. And what does change start with? It's the first step. Just take the first step. And, you know, look, if anybody's read the book Atomic Habits, what do they talk about? 1%. Make a 1% change. That's all you got to do. And find someone who can help support you with that. Yeah. Yeah. It seems much less overwhelming if you're not trying to do everything all at once and you can pick one thing to work on at a time, one thing to improve. Absolutely. You can't do everything all at once. I think the idea of multitasking is so falsely portrayed. You can't, we don't multitask well. Our brains, it's proven. Our brains don't multitask well. So you could pretend all you want that you're a great multitasker. It's ineffective. Pick one thing, one teeny, teeny, tiny habit. So if you, you know, if you're a person who's drinking sodas or diet sodas and you're drinking it every day, just drink it twice a week. Like that's the small change that I'm talking about. If you're that person who is not in the kitchen cooking and 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 it is a lost art and it's a shame because that's the other downfall of our culture is we don't cook. And cooking is is restorative, cooking is healing, cooking is how we nourish ourselves. So if you're not into cooking, so I tell people, just get into the kitchen and make a smoothie once a week and see how that is. And if you don't know how to set up your kitchen, we have tools to help you do that, you know, but we're so far behind the eight ball when we, we when it comes to all of that stuff that we're afraid to even start. And you don't have to be a great cook. All you got to do is be willing. Right. right. You know. That's great. That's a great tip. Thank you so much for your time today. Meryl, thanks for being here. And thank you for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake. If you'd like to learn more about Meryl and her practice, you can visit her on Instagram at rebel.nutritionist or on her website, www.merylbranwine.com. That's M-E-R-Y-L. B-R-A-N-D-W-E-I-N.com. Thank you. Thank you, Nikki. Take care. Bye-bye. Be well. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake. Get moving. 